You're listening to Saturday Morning Rewind with Tim Nidell. Let's go back in time when turtles roam the sewers of New York. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror, the And knowing was half the battle. Yo, yo! It's time for Saturday Morning Rewind. Hey, Toonsters, this is your host, Tim Nidell, for Saturday Morning Rewind. Welcome to another great episode, an episode all about Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats, a show that I still watch today with my kids, and a show that I still love today. So for this episode, I interview the great Donna Christie, who voiced Iggy, Heathcliff's owner. It's gourmet cat food. Grandpa bought it for you. And Cleo. Riff Raff's girlfriend from the Cadillac Cats. You don't have to apologize. And if you don't mind, I think I'd like to go now. She also voiced characters on Popples and uh, Dennis the Menace and the real Ghostbusters. And I talk about all those in the interview, so I hope you guys really enjoy it. And if you do, please remember those positive iTunes reviews. I would really appreciate that. So without further ado, that's all I've got. Here is my interview with Donna Christie. Enjoy. What's, I wanted to, you know, start from the beginning. I, there wasn't too much information I could find on you, which is usually a good thing when it comes to being an actor, huh? I can tell you anything now. <laughs> <laughs> There's no verification. Actually, um, I, you know, I took several years off to raise my four boys. Uh-huh. And um, then after they left for college and graduate school, I, you know, and I thought, well, you know, maybe I could just come back a little bit. And... I looked on, there was nothing on IMDb. People, you put that on yourself. I mean, but it has to be verified. And lucky for me, I had, I've kept every single script of everything I've ever done. Nice. So I was able to look at those scripts and look at the dates and look at the directors. And I was able to fill in all the information they, they used to verify. Although they've only put 45, I did all the episodes of Heathcliff. Yeah. And the popples and all of that, but. You know, I thought it was good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you to do that yourself. Wow. Yeah. Well, they verify it, okay. I guess, in some way. Nice. Yeah. So I wanted to start from the very beginning. Usually I try to ask, you know, what kind of cartoons you liked as a kid to get to know what kind of a kid you were. So did you watch cartoons as a kid? You might be too young to remember this, but <laughs> did you have Funorama? I know, it was the, called- I know the name. Okay, Funorama, and okay, so I watched it, and I grew up in Canada, in Vancouver. Funorama was uh, Popeye, so it was was maybe, I don't know, maybe two hours. And it was Popeye, and it was um, the Mickey Mouse Club. The best. The best. Yes. We were glued, and I'm I'm thinking it started about 4 o'clock. Maybe it was only an hour and a half, because I remember dinner was ready after that. We had dinner every single night. At 5.30. So it must have been the end of Funorama. But it was the best. And I grew up with all that. And you know the sad... Well, it's like finding out that Santa Claus isn't real. (laughs) I really believed that those cartoon characters were real. And when they, you know, fell off a building, they got up and walked away. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So, yeah, I know. I was 23 before I figured the whole thing out. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. <laughs> yeah, so Mickey Mouse, yeah, that and Popeye. I still love those today too. That's good. I like that. 
so because they were they were wholesome and Heathcliff yeah. was wholesome yeah um you know a tender cartoon series yep. and and the popples I did the popples and yep. some of Dennis the Menace and Ghostbusters and yeah people yep. I saw that you did a, a TV show in Canada a sitcom called Leo and Me with Michael J Fox as a little kid what was that like. I, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't that young. I graduated in theater from the University of British Columbia. Okay. And um, so it was after that. Michael J. Fox was young. Yeah. I was. I was probably eighteen or nineteen, maybe. Oh, that's 19. young. That's young. Yeah. Well, young for me now. <laughs> <laughs> so working with a little Michael J. Fox, what was, what was he like as a kid? He was exactly the way he was. You know. He just grew up uh-huh. was, a little bit. Yeah, he was he was the same, energized and a good actor, and uh, he had that sort of I know everything about him that he took with him to almost every character he ever played, hmm. and he did that on that show too. You know what's interesting, and I don't know if this is true or not. What's the disease he has had has? Um, is it? Well, like four of the regulars on that series, it was on a shot on a boat, got that disease. Really? Yeah. I mean, you can look it up on the internet. It's pretty weird. Wow, that is really strange. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to definitely look that up because that's something that should be researched. I know, I know, and and I only knew it from when I was trying to put my stuff on IMDb and I'm looking up and trying to figure out what the dates of the series were because you know you can't even get I have the film on those series now but you can't it's not easy to look up they put things in archives and from that long ago but yeah but it's on the internet it's very interesting yeah I'm looking at oh it's Parkinson's that's what he has Parkinson's Parkinson's yeah I don't know why they didn't come to me I know (laughs) anyway but I started out (laughs) I started out in radio because Canada's CBC still has drama series and cartoon series, not cartoon series, um, drama series and, and just they do wonderful, wonderful things still on the CBC comedy series. And I started out in a comedy series called Dr. Bundello's Pandemonium Medicine Show. And it was sort of like Saturday Night Live, but on okay. radio. It later went to TV, but it didn't do well there. Um, and I replaced a girl there for about a couple of years. And I won a Best Actress Award um, yeah. for Best Performance in a Variety Series with the ACTRA Awards, which were at that time similar to your Emmy. Emmys, but they included radio drama and comedy and all of that stuff. And so it was these little vignettes um, of, it was a live show. I mean, it was shot as a live show. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had a live audience. We did two shows back to back and they put them together the way they did those taxi and all of that in the olden days. And so I, I just developed all these characters. (laughs) And, you know, we had some ongoing kind of characters that we did every week. It was, you know, it was a little bit raunchy for its day, which was the <laughs> 1975, 77, I think. And um, a lot of political humor, um, sexual humor, all of that. And I, it was me 
one girl and three guys. And then we had guest stars come in every week, all done in front of a live audience. Hmm. Is that so fun? And so that's how I developed characters. Do you remember any of the characters you did? Um, oh, I feel a little guilty. I have nothing to give you in return. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy things you remember after all these years. I know, I know. But all kinds of things I did. Don't make me do this now, but um, (laughs) um, Trudeau's wife, that was her era, right? And so there was a lot of humor surrounding her persona. And um, so I did her. I can't do her now, though, so don't ask me to do it. But, <laughs> but, you know, it was fun. Yeah. But that's – and then um, I had the opportunity to come to Hollywood. Yeah. What was that experience like? I do, huh, Well, here's the thing. I got everything I ever auditioned for wow. in Vancouver. Well, because it's like a small, small town, yeah. right? But they were doing some neat things, and it was before Hollywood North came in. And I did this – uh, it was a commercial series, c- commercials for PharmaSave, which would be, I don't know, kind of like Target or something. Okay. So I did all of their commercials every week. I did all of their ads. And, you know, I was really recognizable for that, like that girl on the insurance thing. Uh, yeah. Well, so then when I came to Hollywood, I was a minnow in a sea of <laughs> 21-year-olds that looked just like me. Petite, blonde, gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, right. And um, just off the bus, I had, you know, a university degree to back me, and I think that gave me a little bit more credibility. And, you know, I had a good resume, um, but it was really hard. And I didn't get any real work for, it was a couple of years. It was hard, but very fun. I, you know, able to take all these classes with famous people and I, I loved it. I loved it. I loved my time there. Loved it. Now, speaking of classes, I saw that you had some sort of educational training under Gordon Hunt and Dawes Butler. Is that true? Yeah. Well, Dawes Butler. Yeah. He gave of himself in, you know, he was really well known by that time, but he had a few animation artists who he would have just come over to his house, I, I don't know, every week or two weeks, and we just sort of read scripts and talked, and it was around his dining room table. It was very neat. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And Gordon Hunt, you know, so Helen is his daughter. Yep. Yeah, she was doing that series then. Yeah, I forget the name of it. I remember the show. Yeah, it was the beginning of her long career. But he he was he was director of the Mark Taper I think he did a lot you know he was he and his wife was an um, taught opera. Hmm. Mm-hmm. If those conversation with the Dawes around his table. Do you remember anything about those? Uh, I, you know he he didn't. It wasn't meant as a teaching thing, but it was. Yeah. It was, I mean, and you picked up all of this wonderful information. He was funny. Um, I think Jeannie Elias was part of that group. I think Marilyn Lightstone came to a few times. I mean, you know, yeah, good guy. He yeah. was older then. I mean, I, I, he must have been, 
I guess he seemed like he was 80 to me. He might not <laughs> have been that. You know, it just, I was young. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> kind of, I have, I have three kids and they all say, when I get old, when I'm 30, I'm good. You know, they think 30 is old. <laughs> I, I know. Oh, man. Okay. So I wanted Heathcliff and, Heathcliff and the Cadillac Catch still one of my favorite cartoons today. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, no, I, I, I like it more than Garfield. I know I shouldn't say that, but I do. Oh, you can say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no. A wonderful series. It was very fun, and I think I had the most fun on set that I've ever had doing anything. You know, there's something to be said about not having to get all dressed. And, you know, this was in the days when they they didn't hire famous movie stars yeah. to do these voices. But I worked with wonderful people, Ted Ziegler, and, of course, Jeannie and Marilyn Lightstone and Mel Blanc, although Mel... He came in separately. So oh. we met him a few times, but he did all his stuff by himself. The rest of us were in a room, you know, a booth, standing up, earphones, a lot of headsets, I mean. A lot of studios don't use headsets now. I can't really understand it because I think there's such a wonderful thing about hearing yourself, just hearing yourself, hearing the small breaths and the nuances that you make with your voice. But a lot of studios don't use those um, headsets anymore. Um, but there'd be three or four of us, and they can, the union, they can ask you to do three voices. So we all did three voices. And you generally did um, other incidental voices. You know, the old school mom, you know, the teacher, and, uh, you know, maybe some, you know, girl down in South. And, you know, you just tried to make all these different voices, and it was really fun. But Iggy, of course, she's, he sounded like this. Oh, Heathcliff, get out of that fish store, Heathcliff. Oh, gee. That's great. Yeah. And then, of course, Heathcliff was, um, it was kind of a two-part series. So they did the Cadillac Cats. Yep. Do you remember that? Yep. Yeah. So they had a lot of trouble with the name because the car cat, you know, it's it's a, it's set in a, like a ju car junkyard. Yep. <laughs> and called the Cadillac, <laughs> the Cadillac Cats. So Cadillac, you know, they hated that, and they tried to put a stop to that. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why it was later called Cats and Company. Oh. I mean, they made a big deal of it. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, would you like your Cadillac? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so Cleo was. Um, Leo, who was the kind of the gang member, and they lived in this car, Cadillac car, looked like a Cadillac car, mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> um, in the you know junkyard, and Cleo was his um, girlfriend, and they wanted her to sound kind of like Mae West. Okay. Yeah. So my version of that was, oh Heathcliff. <gasps> Oh, I want you to buy me the biggest diamond ring in this whole world. Heathcliff. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. See, I'm getting mixed up. <laughs> Those characters never, ever. No, died. they didn't. They never They never crossed paths. No, they never did. Yeah, this is kind of weird, too, but Cleo is probably one of my favorite characters from the whole series, Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats. I don't know oh. what it was about Cleo. I don't know. I look just like her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I did see a lot of people online say they had big crushes on her as a kid. 
Oh, very cute. Yeah. <laughs> leg warmers. Remember those leg warmers? Yeah. Yep. In real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was watching the show again today with my, my two year old and she was loving it. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. You know what? So after we did that, those series like Popples and Heathcliff and all that, they were all done around the same time. And it's, it, you know, it, God works in wonderful, wonderful ways because I have four sons and I, and they're all close together. And so I got pregnant and I got that series, the Heathcliff series. Like what a perfect thing to do when you're mm-hmm. pregnant, right? Yeah. It was so great. And <laughs> I always thought, you know, how weird to be in the womb and to be hearing all these, <laughs> because we had to do like, they'd say, all right, we want three seconds of cats fighting. <laughs> you know, all right, we want one minute of cats cooing. You know, and I thought, you know, how weird to be in the womb and hearing. Yeah. Like, you know, you're kind of thinking, maybe I'll stay here. <laughs> so it was, it was interesting. But anyway, later on, um, we went to live in London for a year. My husband is um, a lawyer and he had an arbitration there, an international arbitration. We went to live there. And lo and behold, there is my, you know, and so my little, my first child was old. I mean, it must have been around two. So old enough to be watching mm-hmm. those cartoons. And I'm flipping channels and there are my cartoon series <laughs> with no foreign residuals. So when I came back, I had to mention it. <laughs> By the way, I know. A little snitch. I, I know. I know. But we, we eventually got paid for them. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Well. Girls got to do what a girl. That's right. Do. So the the times that you did meet Mel Blank, what was he like? He was pretty old, and I my understanding is you might know this more than me. I the reason that series stopped, we only did twenty seven episodes in the second phase of it, was because he he got too ill. He mm-hmm. died. Yeah, sort of died. And so that was that. Nobody could do what he did. And then you know his son Noel. Yep. Carried on, Noel, blank communications, carried on. And I think Noel could do a lot of voices too, but nobody really did Heathcliff. No. You know, no one could really do what he did. I mean, it was, you know. So, no, no, he was, you know, very, very, very professional. You know, we joked around and it was a lot of joking in the studio when I just worked with my gang, right? A lot of jokes, so much humor. And I mean, if you could have just recorded those sessions it would have been entertaining <laughs> all by itself yeah no kidding but you know mel would come in and it was like oh my god i've got to impress him it's like nobody made any jokes <laughs> <laughs> i know i know he was a legend you know? and you did popples before at the same time you said no it was actually after he after? okay I, i'm That's... thinking during i'm maybe it was during the second season that Popples started after that. Popples might have been around 1987, I'm thinking. I'm That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. And so I did three characters on that. Um, so the little characters that bounced around, little girls, I think, loved that series. I mean, they all had the little stuffed animals that you could get. They were so cute. Um, <clears throat> so I did Potato Chip, and she sounded like uh, this. Wow, let's see. Oh, you've got your tortellini, your I always think, you know, and and Dawes 
taught me this. Um, your care, your aunt, your character has to have a special laugh. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, you got to stand out. Yeah. So pretty bit everything she said rhymed. Every, you know. So these stairs give me a scare. <laughs> I'd still like to go down there. <laughs> And then we all did the babies. That would have been the third one. Where all those babies did were cry. <laughs> nice. I know. And what was that recording process like in for Popples? Really fun. Just very fun and wonderful to be in the studio. You just and you know, it really it really paid a lot. Like it's very lucrative wow. because, you know, you get, you have the, your session fee and then you get the session fee all over again when it's played for the first time. And then you get the residuals, which now my residuals are about a dollar fifty. But at the time, it, you know, it was very lucrative. So it was very fun. Yeah. And then after that, you, you did, was it only one episode of the Rogue Ghostbusters? No, no, I did several. Okay, I that's what I, okay. All I could find in my scripts, so I put that down. Okay. I didn't keep all the scripts, but I tried to. They didn't like you to leave the studio with the script. <laughs> not, that, not that I ever did anything with them. I didn't, but, you know, other than refer later. Yeah. I've been asked on occasion to do a workshop or two. Um, it's not something I really like doing, but I have done it as a favor or as a little fundraiser kind of thing. And um, those scripts have come in handy because, you know, you have the audience kind of practice and Mm -hmm. it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do on Ghostbusters? I don't remember. Um, Let's see. Ghostbusters. Ah, it was a little, I did a lot of little boys. They all sounded like a version of Iggy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Although Dennis the Menace was Gina Gelati. I don't know if you remember her. A little friend of Dennis's lived yep. down the street. Okay, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you worked on some classics there. You had a very limited amount of, of voiceover work, but they're classic cartoons. Yeah, yeah. I felt I felt lucky. And we moved later. I mean, when my kids were only five, no, no, six, six, eight, and ten, um, we moved to Northern California, to Sacramento, okay. where my husband became a judge. Um and the under our deal was is that you know we'd only be there a couple of years, and then he'd transfer courts. But he didn't, and that didn't happen. And we stayed in Sacramento, and you know in L.A. everybody kind of who could afford it, and it wasn't expensive at all, had a live-in nanny because mm-hmm. they were it was just easy to get. And when we moved to Sacramento. Those little boys all lined up and they said, Mommy, no more nanny. Oh. No more nanny. We just want you. And I said, well, you'll have to learn to clean then. And they said, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, there, there comes, I think they wanted me to be there. And I, well, I did that. So I'm, and I'm not sorry I did it. Yeah. I got really involved in the kids' school and kinds of reading aloud and doing all kinds of things like that, which was neat. I read core curriculum books. All through my kids' elementary school, whole entire core curriculum books, and did every single voice. <laughs> I did the Ulysses, the Odyssey, you know, the Odyssey. Yeah, yeah yep, yep. All the male voices—that's a lot. Um, but and I really enjoyed that. I just thought at the time, I thought you know, a lot of mothers who 
don't have to work, you know, do all kinds of things outside of the home. And I thought, you know, what I'm going to do is just going to be involved, revolve around my kids. So I'm going to do what, where my gift is. And so I'd go into the classrooms and I, you know, I I remember my kids remember it. It's a wonderful thing. I'm glad I did it. So it sounds like you've done all these wonderful cartoon voices throughout your career, but it sounds like that might've been the top of your career right there performing for your kids. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. I loved my time in Hollywood. I, you know, you, you know how you read about Paris in the 1940s and yeah. all of these, it was just such a great energy. And I feel that way about my time in a Hollywood kind of before I was married, just the people that I was surrounded with and the opportunities I got. And, um, I, I loved that. I loved my time there. I loved it. Yeah. Although I was never as famous as I was in Vancouver, as in Canada. Huh. But I made more money. <laughs> there's a lot, but there's more money to be made. And that's why Canadians want to come to the States. Because there's wonderful career opportunities there. But there's, you know, the money to be had is in the States, for sure. Yeah. You know, we have a very strong union pays well. I mean, if you, and I was with a wonderful, that's another wonderful thing that happened. I was with SBV, Sutton, Barth and Benari, the top, you know, they, well, they did commercials and all the animation stuff, but they were the, the top agency in LA. And that made a big difference then. You know, it's funny, Tim, because coming back, it's a whole different world. See, you can do, I have a home studio here and I, have a couple of homes and and I keep you know it doesn't cost very much to have a microphone and nope. and you know a computer and you can produce stuff at home and not that I produce stuff at home but I do audition at home I often will not go into the booth in San Francisco because it's just easier and here's the thing you can just labor over it, make it as perfect as you want. You can spend two hours with that audition. Uh-huh. Whereas you go into the booth, you know, you you probably have five minutes. On the other hand, you've got a director in the booth who, yep. who's going to say, you know what, that's not a good direction to take that in. You know, no one is going to buy Nestle's quick, you know, if you use that sexy voice. They want really real and down to earth and they want mistakes in your voices and they don't they don't want this perfect thing hi bye you know they don't want that it's a whole different thing now and you know they have 2000 auditions people in Minnesota or Montana can send in an audition and get just as much time for the director to listen to it as if you were with a big agency in Hollywood so there's a lot more competition now a lot. And not only that, but a lot of stuff is goes non-union now, too. So a lot of stuff is produced that's non-union. Never happened in my day. Yeah. Anything good was union. Since you're, How long ago did you return to acting? Oh, just maybe two years ago. Okay. Yeah. So your kids are all grown up now? and They are all grown up. They went to, well, three of them went to graduate school. One's a lawyer and um, in a Beverly Hills law firm. And the other is um, working his way up at William Morris. Morris. Oh, nice. Yeah, WME. And, you know, he's got a 
master's degree from the producers program at UCLA. They only take 12 students a year. Wow. And um, you still, st- and he wanted to be, go the agency route. And, you know, you start in the mailroom and that everybody starts in the mailroom it, with W. I mean, and it's hard and it's tough, but they train their agents. They're renowned. They're the best trained probably in the industry. Well, that's what John would tell me, but you know, um, I, I'm sure it's true. And it's um, he's really excited to be there. And then um, I have a my middle son got his PhD at Oxford. Wow. Um, <laughs> he's looking for a job right now. So if you know anybody who needs a, a PhD in medieval Italian? Oh wow. <laughs> Um, and then the other one has a videography company in LA. Nice promotional stuff. So see, whatever you did when you were when they were younger, it worked. Some of they're all doing great jobs now, or try to look for a great job at least. Yeah, no, no, they're good, good, wonderful. So, kids. what but, are you currently? Are you working on anything right now? Um, I'm working on getting work. <laughs> That's always good. Yeah, I have an agent in Vancouver. Um, Victoria's artists and I'm with the top agency here in San Francisco JE talent really happy to be with them so um, I'm not currently working on anything but I'm certainly open to getting work (laughs) (laughs) and I'm doing a little bit of stage although I don't like to say I do that but in June I'm doing chapter two remember that Neil Simon play okay and next year I'm doing um, love letters are you familiar with that it's just opened on Broadway no I'm not yeah it's pretty cool. But I audition a lot. And, you know, I get some work, but um, not as much as I thought I'd get when I came back. Yeah. Sounds like mm-hmm. some big ocean out there full of little acting. It, it, well, it is. And you know what? I'm in a whole different... I'm in my 60s now. So I'm young at heart. But my voice <laughs> is, not, is different now. Yeah. You know, I can do little old ladies in a really, you know, I can relate to it. And I didn't do that before, so there yeah. you go. Well, nice. Do you have anything else you want to promote? Any upcoming events or anything? No, I appreciate your contacting me, and I'm happy to be in your in your group of... Yeah, of course. Yes. I've actually had a list of, of voice actors I've wanted to have on the show, and you've been on it since day one, so thank you so much. Thank you, Tim. No, um, can I have you close the show as Cleo? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Tim. Mm, It's been just wonderful talking with you. Thanks for listening to Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.